I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. With your boy up. And your girl Rocky. What is good, people? <laughs> I hope you're having a beautiful Sunday today. I know I am. Um, so today we are doing uh, part three in our healthy relationship series. So check out the first two episodes in our healthy relationship series. That's going to be what is a healthy relationship and the relationship contract. Today is going to be about communication and conflict. Just that to get down to the nitty gritty, you know. So the reason we have to address communication and conflict is because we don't know the skills a lot of the times to have healthy and effective communication as well as conflict resolution. And that not only damages our romantic relationships but all types of relationships family friends all of it so we're here to give you some tips yes mm-hmm. now first i want to address that because my question for the facebook live is how do you handle conflict and who taught you how to communicate mind you these are questions you need to ask on your interview date mm-hmm. we addressed it in the relationship contract but when you are thinking about where you learn these skills, we learn them unless you like actually read a book or took a workshop, you know, or listen to our podcast. It, Which you should do. Yes. <laughs> but you learn these things from your parents. Your parents are your first teachers. They teach you how to regulate your emotions or a lack thereof. They tell you how to communicate. They tell you how to handle conflict. They tell you how to... Uh, interact with other people and it's not necessarily verbal lessons you're just observing them and taking it in whether you know it or not and then it shows up you know 16 years later when you're in a relationship just like that yeah so we're here to help you please spread the word yeah I mean, there's nothing wrong with spreading knowledge about doing things differently. Things do not have to go down the same road uh, for generation and generation and generation. Let's break these generational trauma patterns. Like, seriously, like, we can do a much better job if we actually learn from our mistakes rather than just trying to repeat them because that's what is taught to us. And I really need people to get over this concept of, well, you can't read real life in a book. Yes, you can. Because otherwise, where the hell are you learning it from? Thank you. Just because you're learning what your parents did, don't make it okay. Mm. So anyways. <laughs> oh, here is our couples therapist guru. Something like that. <laughs> you know, I dig. I dabble. <laughs> And then I work with a lot of individuals who are in relationships. So that's an interesting dynamic because mm-hmm. I'm helping one person in the relationship but not the other. And uh, that, we can talk about that one. That's a whole story in and of itself. Yeah. 
Yeah. But as the couples therapist, mm-hmm. O, what are some rules that you have within your couples therapy sessions? Um, well, there's some standard rules that I have, um, and then there's some more general ones that come up depending on the couple and what they're coming in for. Mm-hmm. So just the standard stuff is uh, respect uh, for mm. the space that we're in. Because this is a space where we're getting vulnerable. We're actually uh, opening ourselves up to some criticism and some judgment um, if if things aren't uh, taken in the right way. If, if we aren't open to just accepting each other's vulnerable, authentic feelings um, and being able to hold that within the space of the room. Not saying that you can't get upset about certain stuff, you know, that's going to happen. But there still has to be a a level of respect that does not get lowered just because you get triggered by an emotion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. And what you not going to do is have me standing up in the middle of y'all because y'all getting that heated. Y'all. Sounds like Someone is talking about a not so uh, hypothetical situation. Yeah, but that they weren't together. That was a co-parenting session. <laughs> Those could be worse. It. Those could be worse because it's like y'all don't even have the will to work together. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's like one rule. Just like yo, respect the space. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Period. Like, that's what we're here for. Other rules are uh, when it comes to talking, just one person talking at a time. And this is why I break down certain stuff when it comes to uh, a couple who is very much intense and they argue a lot back and forth. What I do is tell them, all right, the new rule is (laughs) everybody. New rule. Sorry, that was a white guy, Bill Maher. (laughs) White guy. Bill Maher, right. <laughs> You know, one of them. <laughs> yeah, to connect the dots is all. Draw it. Right. Create the picture. <laughs> but yeah, like, if they're argumentative and combative, mm-hmm. what I do is say, all right, cool. New rule is that everyone has to talk through me. Mm-hmm. I am the only one who gets to actually interpret stuff and then have the conversation flow. You cannot talk to each other. So the two co- the two partners, the, uh, the partners cannot talk to each other at all. So is that like a permanent rule? It's the uh, as, as long as they can, as long as they're unable uh-huh. to actually just interact with each other in a respectful way, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the rule. Mm-hmm. And then they learn through that because I filter shit. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, it's yeah, when you're, Attacking, but not attacking. Right. It can be less of an attack. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I also say like the with the um like caveat of you also can't say backhanded shit while you're talking through me. Like, so like I mean? somebody right. be in a feeling. We all know what that is, right? <laughs> uh, somebody. Who is somebody? Y'all is y'all two and me in this room. What? Exactly. <laughs> So you have to keep it addressed to me. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the other rules. Um, there's some other rules that are like get more specific <laughs> to people, uh, mm-hmm. but generally it's just about having respect, uh, controlling the dynamic between the two uh, 
partners there that make sure that they're not being too combative and disrespectful and respecting the space so that we can actually open up and have genuine conversations and have our feelings be expressed in a way where we take the mask off and we see the true person that is in the relationship with us. And brother, that's deep. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's good that you put boundaries around what's going to go down in that room. Um, and then there's um the communication piece, which I know that we wanted to talk to uh, and get to during the podcast. When we were preparing for it, you were mentioning, uh, I think it was the four stages of communication. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of my couples work is is because it's so natural with me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of, um, I guess, like textbook uh, tools. formal tools yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. There's some that I use, obviously. Like you know, we've mentioned love language a bunch of times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to like at least anything any, within the love like, sex connections like, playlist, you definitely yeah. heard us talk about that. So you you know you got that. Um, I use that as a tool and a couple other stuff like our vulnerability cycles and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, I do want to be in your head, though, because it is so natural for you. It and I'm natural. like, what the fuck is on, going on in there? So, again, he needs to write a book. It's yes. coming. Uh, I just got to, you know, use it first for now because I am <laughs> more about that later. <laughs> Anyways, um, but, yeah, when it comes to communication, I want to ask you about that because I, um, I don't know about the mm-hmm. four communication mm-hmm. uh, what is it, stages, mm-hmm. four communication stages. Um, Maybe I do know about them, just not in the same terms. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be curious to see. Mm-hmm. And I do teach a lot of tools with mm-hmm. my individuals. I use I use a lot of tools with them. And again, like I don't have the couple in the room, so <laughs> I'm just working with the individual. Um, but again, a lot of us don't know how to communicate. A lot of us don't know how to effectively have conflict resolution. So it it is a skill that needs to be learned. And so I teach them. So. That being said, the four stages of communication is something I got from grad school. It's uh, from the same PowerPoint with that we <laughs> talked about in the relationship contract. It's the eight C's. Um, oh, yeah, the same with my, my with my professor, yeah, Professor Lee. Right. So it's a, that's what I'm saying. This couples and sex class was like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> but um, and it's mainly from this one singular PowerPoint, but um. So on there, they have a diagram of two stick figures, and they have bubbles, okay? So you're one stick figure. I'm another stick figure, okay? Okay, I'm trying to follow you. All right. I'm rolling it. So the four stages of communication are, one, what I'm thinking, and this is what I mean, okay? The second stage of communication is what I say. Now, how often... Do you say what you actually mean? So right there can be a miscommunication within yourself. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. So what I mean, what I say, the third stage of communication is what you hear. Okay. Now, how many times Hmm. does somebody not hear what you said? That ain't what I said. You ain't hearing me. How many times? Cat. And then, and I break it down like this is my session. <laughs> I see. I'm like, oh, she doesn't practice this yeah. one. Yeah, and then, this, this okay. Is, she, does, she knows what she's doing. 
And then um, the fourth stage of communication is what you think I meant. So basically, his interpretation of what I'm saying. Okay? So what I mean, what I say, what he heard, and then what he thinks I meant. Yeah, it makes sense. I like I get all that and I break it down in my mind very quickly. Maybe mm-hmm. it's it's because like I go through all those steps like like that. Yeah, nah, with my people, they gotta slow it the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. I it's helpful for me to like have it in steps because it can be helpful for my clients to break it down. Mm-hmm. Because I just like I kinda sometimes solve the problem for them or I just wait and have them like slowly get get to some conclusions. But when it comes to couples, a lot of times <laughs> You have to be pretty directive because um, there's so much emotion going uh, mm-hmm. at each other mm-hmm. that can be destructive because they don't know how to literally don't know how to talk to each other. So it's mm-hmm. like every time that you don't interrupt and break that cycle, you're causing more damage. Yeah. So uh, yeah. God kind of intervene, like you know, yeah. you can't be like, oh, I'll let them come to their own conclusion about how to speak to each other. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. by the time they, then, they're in your <laughs> office for a reason, <laughs> right? By, by the time they figure out that they shouldn't be talking to each other crazy, mm-hmm. uh, somebody gonna get hurt, right. <laughs> or like they're gonna be so emotionally scarred, like they ain't gonna want to fuck with each other no more. So. Mm-hmm. And then what I really pinpoint with my clients, um, even and I do a lot of this in family sessions too. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people jump to their interpretation of what was said instead of hearing what was actually said. So, so, and this goes into, and I'm kind of jumping. Is that okay? All right. Um, this goes into listening to understand versus listening to reply. Mm-hmm. A lot of people listen to reply and therefore they jump to the interpretation of what was said because they're putting it on them. What you said makes me feel like this, mm-hmm. but it ain't about you. <laughs> First, you need to actually hear them. So listen to understand them. Process that. Hold it for a sec. All right, now we can hear your interpretation of what was said. Hmm. So even like just slowing it down to that step is is crucial for a lot of my clients. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen to understand, not listen to reply. I think the most difficult thing about that, like you were saying, is once we get into like a a, a disagree or a charged, I guess, um, conversation, right? Like mm-hmm. if we get into a charged conversation, um, and you say something that makes me emotional, you whatever it is, you hit one of my buttons. Let's mm-hmm. say like, let's say if I was uh, sensitive about my height or some shit like that, whatever. <laughs> um, when you say you sure that <laughs> you say some shit like that. And it's like, or not even, not even like that. Like you say some shit that trying to help me out. Like, oh, do you sure? You, are you sure you want to put that like up up there? Uh, because you know sometimes you you know have trouble getting. To and this is hilarious because I'm the short one who has right. to put my shit on the bottom counter. Right. Because there's just, no hope of me reaching. This for an example. We're just using this for an example. Okay. Okay. But yeah. So let, like let's say you say that, and you're really not trying to be you know mm-hmm. malicious in, yeah, in, that, yeah. in your intent. Ooh. What I think you meant, I think you meant to intend to harm me. Right. But that was not my actual intention, right. and I need to actually ask, what was your intention of the statement? Right. But if I'm already feeling that, 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's already charged with that emotion. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for people to not, you know, calm themselves down and ask that, take that, that pause mm-hmm. to then rewire themselves to think, okay, wait, hold on. You didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's where the difficulty comes in with a lot of people. And I hear people, like, you know, say this as, as clients and just people in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so hard for them to not to control that impulse. So, so what advice would you uh, give to somebody? So, like first that? of all, that's your shit. <laughs> and you need to process your shit. Okay? Yeah, and we yeah, and we talked about this and what is a healthy relationship and that's being a healthy individual. And in order to be a healthy individual, you have got to regulate your emotions. It is not your partner's responsibility to regulate them for you or to not make you angry. You need to not get angry. You know? Mm-hmm. You need to check yourself because first off, anger is when you're not okay with what's happening or it's a secondary emotion masking another emotion. So oftentimes it's that secondary emotion and you either don't want to admit your pain, don't like that you're feeling the pain, or angry that you're feeling pain, you know? So get your shit together. Regulate your emotions, okay? And, like, be aware of your own emotions. So if you get angry, that's cool. Bounce. (laughs) Like, ooh, I'm frustrated right now. Let me take a walk. Yeah. Walk talk. And that is called an adult timeout. (laughs) And I'll talk a little bit more when we go into the more conflict piece of this. Um, but yeah, you, in order to, as you said, like take that, that break and that pause, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to ask what their intention was and to understand them, it's to check your own emotions that are coming up and being aware of them. And again, not letting them out just because you feel some type of way. Again, healthy relationships have conflict. Healthy relationships do not have arguments. Hmm. And we will, um, once we're done with the communication, we'll go into the more of the conflict piece um, and how to have um, healthy and effective conflict resolution. But yeah. All right. Um, what's next? Because we kind of went out of order. <laughs> uh, I already asked you this before, so you know, I think it's on you. Oh, it is me. Mm-hmm. Trying to give you a hint, but like, <laughs> anyways. All right, oh, tell us about external processing and internal processing. All right, um, external and internal <coughs> processing. All right, <clears throat> it's really easy to understand this concept, but I think if I break it down for y'all in the right way, it'll help you understand your partners. Uh, not only with their love languages, but alongside with this, it will really help you to understand your partner's way of communicating. So mm-hmm. we all have an internal voice and an external voice. I'm right now using my external voice, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my thoughts, my internal thoughts are coming out through my voice and are vocally pre- creating vibrations into this microphone and now that is radiating into your ears. Wee, 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 wee. Look at the waves. Look at that. Mm, good vibrations I'm sending out to y'all. Look at that. You can hear my smile over this damn mic, can't you? You can. <laughs> you can. So that's what that is. That's my internal going into, uh, going out to my uh, external so that you can hear me. So these thoughts that I'm having right now, 
I don't need to express um, externally. Sometimes I could just say them to myself. So we all in that inside voice that we have and the way that we communicate with other people. Sometimes it doesn't come out. So sometimes the anxiety, the worries and all those emotions that we're having, we keep inside and it's an internal like uh, conversation that we're having with each other. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we don't communicate to our partners. So it's very important that you know whether your partner is an external processor, mm-hmm. somebody who can just let out everything right now, like how I'm doing right now over the mic, mm-hmm. so that you know exactly what I'm thinking because I'm telling you externally. So it's very mind-to-mouth. Boom, boom. Like, I'm an external processor. No filter. So well, not necessarily no filter. It's a lot of no filter. But, <laughs> like, there, there are... It depends on who you are, too. Right, right. Like, there, who I'm with. There's levels to it. You know, it. I'm so about to externally like most process things, everyone. Are, uh, a spectrum to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, the, like you said, like, mind to mouth. Pretty much, like, that you think of, if you think of, like, the extreme version of this, think of somebody with exactly no filter. It's just, like, external processing, like... What the fuck is that? Like, what is that on your face? Like, just get, like... The, the, Children! <laughs> pretty Children much. are external processors. Good God. I'm like, yo, baby, that's... <laughs> so that's a good example of, like, an external processor. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, or, like, or, or kids when... <laughs> or, yeah, or children will say, yo, children Why are you fat? Yeah, why are you <laughs> fat? Mommy, why is that man... Why is that woman have a mustache? They, they say stuff like that, like her hair's her her hair is really hairy. Her legs really hairy. I don't get it. I don't get it. They say they just say wild stuff. I understand your curiosity, but baby, ask me this at home, not in front of them. That's what you know. That's that's just the nature of children. So stuff like that is like the examples of external processing. Just mm-hmm. like you said, mind mouth, bam, everything just comes out. Internal is more like the, not secluded, but like the, the child who may be more quiet, mm-hmm. may be more reserved, and is like thinking of stuff, maybe doodling and drawing and doing other stuff. Like mm-hmm. external processors usually are people who, who look at things um, and express them to themselves in a way, like writers or people who do things um, within the arts sometimes. And they use that as a way of, externally doing it without necessarily communicating it to the rest of the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's more of a reflective thing. That's the way I like to look at it. It's like they're bouncing back their ideas and looking at it from a different art form. Uh, So it's not like they're actually externally trying to put it out to the world. Like Mm -hmm. I I said, I am on the mic, how Mm -hmm. the children are, like asking those questions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more like they're trying to bounce back their own ideas to get a better understanding. Mm -hmm. So understanding that dynamic is huge we all have uh both of those sides we all have that internal processor and that external processor within us but knowing which side of the spectrum you're on is very important for your communication when it comes to uh couples because if you're talking to someone like all fucking day because you're an external processor and your partner's an internal processor Mm -hmm. you're literally interrupting his or her thoughts when it comes to uh what they're doing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like you're you're like trying to get stuff out and then they're like trying to understand their own shit <laughs> and but and the same thing happens on, on the flip side if you're always within yourself mm-hmm. and you never communicate anything to your partner even though some of these th- things that you're uh thinking are great but you're just reflecting them back on yourself like you're just saying like damn i have such a great life 
and you're just reflecting that in your head and pondering about that. That's great, but you also need to externally say that so that others around you understand that because they may not be able to understand it uh, from just looking at you. You know, you mm. may still have the uh, resting boring face or the resting bitch face or whatever the fuck face you got. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Not everybody uh, expresses uh, joy or is it what exactly what they're thinking um, from the look on their face or even some of the actions that they do. Like mm-hmm. some of, I know a lot of people who like work really hard for their families and they're really happy, um, but they don't like really show it in that way because their way of showing it is through their work, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So these dynamics, you can see how it, is, it gets complicated, but these dynamics are so important for you to understand when it comes to communication. So like I'm an external processor, O is an internal processor. For sure. And things that have come up within our dynamic is Sometimes he doesn't always want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> because I process everything out loud. <laughs> and sometimes I do need him as a sounding board and to reflect back. But sometimes I'm just talking. <laughs> and I'm literally just saying what's on my mind. And he's like, I don't care sometimes. I'm not in the space to hear it. <laughs> So that being said, I've also turned to journaling to be able to reflect my thoughts. There you go. Solutions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, as far as you, when we first met, you were an internal processor. And it was like, sometimes like I needed to know things that you just wouldn't tell me. Mm. You know? Like, like your vulnerabilities and your fears and your past relationships and things like that. Um, or, you know, stuff about your family and things like that. Like... If you're right. if, if you're you always will. internally processing and you don't communicate that, it's like I have to ask the questions in order to get that, and I'm not always going to remember to ask the questions, you know. It's true, but that's what I'm saying. Like also with internal processors, for some people, it is a, a um, it's a situation based off of whether or not they feel safe enough to externally process. Mm. And it's the same thing for um, external processors. So a lot of people who think of it like just like introverted and ex- extroverted, sometimes they... It's, they, it's, not, it's, oh, it's not directly... Not like there's a correlation, there's but a correlation, it's not but, but, cause and effect. But I, I want to use it as, a, as an example of, of people thinking it's the same kind of like extreme where it's like they think extroverts have to go outside all the fucking time and want to party all the goddamn time. And it's like, that's not what an extrovert necessarily is. And but that's also not what an external processor necessarily exactly. is. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I'm yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and the same thing with introverts. Like, they're not just fucking, like, like not curling mm-hmm. up in the fucking mm-hmm. ball all day. Like, mm-hmm. they, they like to go out sometimes. It's just like, they, don't, they got a time limit. Like, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need to be seeing anybody right now. So, it's kind of like the same thing with the internal and external processors. It's, it's not just black or, or, or white when it comes to that stuff. I would say I'm an external processor who's an introvert. Mm. Like, if I'm cool with you. I'm the opposite. I'm an thing. internal processor who's an extrovert. <laughs> That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So I, I need that time because I'm always reflecting on stuff. But I like to be social. And as you can tell, I'm kind of a... You know, bubbly motherfucker, like goofy and shit, and do all kinds of crazy stuff, and like to socialize. But at the same time, I like to think, and I need those thoughts to be, uh, you know, 
I need space for those thoughts, and they can't always be clouded by other people's thoughts or other people's like mm-hmm. you know opinions. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I won't have the strength and conviction of my own. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely social with people I know, but outside of that, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> See, so this is what I mean. Like, there's so many understandings and nuances when it comes to communication and just social dynamics in general when it comes to relationships Mm -hmm. so you can't just go into it like oh okay you look cute like (laughs) like what the fuck no i take a little bit more than that Mm -hmm. uh and if you want stuff to work and you're really trying to succeed in your relationship when it comes to communicating and handling conflict then you do need to look at some of these dynamics and explore what you and your partner uh which side you and your partner are on when it comes to that spectrum and and apply what we're talking about it could hugely help the way that you communicate yeah you know all right so tell us about what's this concept with i statements what's that about ah okay right we were talking about this earlier because i don't like a lot of people who have heard of therapy whether that's entertainment or elsewhere have heard about i statements um, but you explained earlier that you look at it as a concept versus like an exercise. So I wanted to get your feedback on that. Right. So the whole concept of I statements, which I. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, this is going to be funny. Cause I'm going to be having to use I. Right. Here we go. <clears throat> Anyways. So the way I see I, I statements. Um, are they're a tool to to basically make sure that you hold your own feelings and your own thoughts and actions accountable within the present moment and when it comes to your past and possibly your future emotions as well uh it's basically accountability within that room Mm. so that you're not putting or projecting anything that you feel that's your shit not mine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or to anybody else exactly so that's the way i see it the reason why i don't you like outwardly saying i statements is because that shit has been on tv mm-hmm. and it's a fucking cliche shit yeah. and when other people hear it, especially black people i'm being honest because that's most of these we watch these mm-hmm. when they hear that shit they think it's like some white therapisty ass mm-hmm. like milk toast crap that shit that, that just don't work my fault <laughs> some shit that don't even work I'm using my hands as I talk <laughs> but yeah so they just think it's like that and it's um so I, I refrain from using literally saying I, I statements mm. I just say I want you to hold yourself accountable for your stuff in this fucking room like don't don't be looking at the other person don't look at like don't look at anyone else. I want you to take accountability. Say like I feel this way, and and take and take ownership of it. Right, this is what we're here for. We're here to be open. We're here to be honest, and we're here to actually solve problems. We're not here to beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. And they think I think most black couples take that a lot more seriously and and take that into account. And when I literally say say I, instead of saying say I statements. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a different way of flipping it. You and gotta break it down. For I just people. break it down in a different way, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I meant by saying like a lot of these concepts. I know mm-hmm. it's just I I I you look don't at use it. The, yeah, the I look terminology. at it, I use the terminology. Mm-hmm. And I look at it from a, such a different lens, mm-hmm. but I think it's because of my world experiences and mm-hmm. like my life experiences 
which allows me to translate that better for other um clients. Well, I think that goes with me. It's like with parenting. Yeah. Like I have that, that. I have shit. that natural ability, and I don't always know the terminology or or she good, stuff. Though. She, I'll be like, I'm just like, Ugh. and then, yeah, I, so much so I had to cut back on taking uh, kids. kids. Well, I'm actually cut back right on taking kids because you know I I need people who are committed to working. But um, mm. but that is true. It's ish, hard. I don't. Uh, you know, someone else's journey, but not mine. I will help children out in other ways. Yes, we but got plans. It would Black be, Army. It would be interesting. Yes, family healing center. Um, speaking of which, I have a GoFundMe. <laughs> plug time, plug time. Hey, we halfway into the show. Man. I mean, right. hey, it's hey. ad time. So, yes, uh, please check out the GoFundMe titled, I'm Too Broke to Be Great, because... I love that name. Facts. <laughs> like, I'm trying to publish my own books. I'm trying to... Um, promote the podcast. I'm trying to, um, we're trying to raise money for our nonprofit healing center. So all that startup takes money and we're still working on becoming licensed. So we're not there yet as far as our income. Yeah. Um, so if you can help out, if you could donate, we would appreciate it. Um, we'll be sure to post the link on it's a real Facebook page. So make sure you take a, um, look at that. I also put it, well, I put it on the, IG account, but I gotta change it back to our uh, It's So Real website, um, our link tree on mm. It's So Real. So, uh, go to our Facebook page. If you go to the link tree, it has the link for our Facebook page. So therefore, you can find the GoFundMe um, account and donate. Please, 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 we'd appreciate it very much. Um, what were we saying before that? <laughs> uh, oh, so uh. Like, sometimes you'll come to me about questions about your kids, right. and I'm like, oh, da 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 And I'm like, it just, it's just very it natural for me. So I get that when you say that. Yeah, sometimes, like, you just have to lean in and embrace, like, the talents that you have. And mm-hmm. I say that for everybody out there. Like, we're talking about it, obviously, for therapy, because we found, like, our calling with mm-hmm. everything. And we're still exploring other passions that we have, but... If as you have see. something, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, doing it there and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I hope that everyone else could do the same and, and, and chooses to do the same because that's where the joy is, I think. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we found. Yeah. <coughs> mm, excuse me. I'm still sick. It's over. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um,. What could you tell the audience about active listening? Woo, okay. All right, active listening. Let's talk about it, baby. All right, so the difference between active listening and passive listening is this. If I'm passively listening to some shit, that's like when you're on a car in the radio and you're on autopilot and you just driving. Mm. I keep hitting this thing in my... I'm just <laughs> I told you to adjust it. No, nah, I'm good. It's, I'm good. I'm just using my hands way more than I was before. I don't know. I'm just hella animated today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we drive in the car. We drive in the car, right? We drive. We ride. Mm-hmm. And then we listen to just whatever's on the radio, right? You're just on autopilot. You're not actually listening to what the motherfuckers are saying. You're not listening to the actual songs. You're not listening so to the lyrics. So it's like click. The movie Click with Adam Sandler. That's, that's what, and that's he's, he's just on autopilot and she was talking to him. And he was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yep. That's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. So when you're on autopilot, you can't actually 
it limits your ability to empathize with what the person's saying. So if you're having an mm-hmm. emotional conversation, mm-hmm. it like cuts off the empathy already. So that other person who's trying to mm-hmm. invoke that emotion from you mm-hmm. by ha- bringing up the conversation, they automatically feel like there's a disconnect. So you're starting off the conversation disconnected. That's what I mean, like passive listening. Ain't going well from now. <laughs> from the jump, right? And then when you t- t- then you gotta take into consideration. I'm I'm just gonna go down a snowball effect so that you get the example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then you have to take into consideration how people feel when they are ignored. Mm. You know, some people have past histories with being ignored that aren't so pleasant, based on uh, history with abandonment mm-hmm. with. Uh, with either parents or with other relationships, mm-hmm. and if they feel like they're being ignored, they're gonna come at you in a other in another fashion, mm-hmm. disrespect and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, pay attention, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, that's how and that's how she starts. And that's what you were talking about healing some of those past traumas. That's your own personal stuff, right? And how it's showing up in the relationship. It, it almost always does. Mm-hmm. So that's the bulk of most of my work. It's like all these techniques are. are like just tools to get to stuff, but the underlying issues are usually what I try to address when it comes to couples. And that's why um, a lot of the couples I I gave up uh, after I started doing my work more intensely and intentionally, I gave up on the idea of like wanting to like fix every couple and be like, all right, I'm going to make sure every couple I see stays together. Like I used to, th- I used to like every, at the beginning, I used to say that like, I'll be the best couples therapist ever. Every I'm going to make sure every couple I see stays to together. be together. Yeah, forever. that's exactly <laughs> what the fuck I found out. <laughs> like, nah, bruh. I was like, wait, y'all don't even need to be together. Mm-hmm. It would, I would be doing a disservice mm-hmm. <laughs> if I did not point out the, uh, and then illuminate the flaws in this relationship so that y'all can just. Well, guess it's not meant to be. Thanks. <laughs> right. So it, that shit is, it's just is that. But yeah, that's the passive part. When it comes to the active part, this is where shit can go really fucking well. Mm-hmm. Active listening. We're talking eye contact. Mm-hmm. We're talking being attentive and curious about what the person's actually thinking and what they're meaning mm. not in a way like how we were talking about before like assigning meaning mm-hmm. but like i said curiosity mm-hmm. what do you mean mm, tell me more. right <laughs> like you you get into the person's wanting to get into the person's mind because you want to connect you mm-hmm. see the difference mm-hmm. passive is like you're just like mm. Mm, yeah. active you're actually wanting to get into the person's mind because you want to connect with them on a deeper level mm. that's what i mean active listening you're also wanting to pay attention to the content of what the person is saying. Mm-hmm. So you're listening to keywords. You're actually listening to the emotions, that the tone of voice that they're having. Mm-hmm. So active listening, it really is like, I, I guess, like the five senses of listening. <laughs> Basically, like you're hearing what they're saying, but you're also paying attention to other things. Like you're looking at them, you're giving them eye contact. Obviously, you're not tasting what they're saying. But like the taste part, I would say, is like you're looking at like in what mood and like, flavor of like uh emotion they're in so basically like seeing what what state of mind they're in you know what mm-hmm. i mean a uh, touch can get can come into it where it's like you're like what get the fuck out of here yo that shit crazy like you know when you're hyping up your boys or something like that or a crazy story happens like what or when you're really deep into a conversation with your like lady you gotta be like like if, if something's happening it's emotional you gotta hold on to it you can't just be like 
That's so crazy when you all the way here. You know what I mean? So there's other ways of doing it. That's what active listening is. You mm-hmm. have to literally get active within the listening. Mm-hmm. Listening is the the bare minimum part. Mm-hmm. Now you gotta get active with it. Okay. You know? So that's the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Active versus passive listening. All right. So, oh yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I did want to ask you because this is the other thing we talked about. Every time we prepare for the show, Rocky comes up with some new shit, and I'm like, "What? I didn't even think about that." But that's why I love it. He that's wants all my tools, and I want his mind. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's why I work. Find people who compliment you and build shit. Yeah, and we building, baby. That's what you got to do. Black Harmony Family Healing Center. Find people Check that, that are like mine and build shit. Build dope shit. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the dope. <laughs> All right, so the question was, <laughs> shit fucking blew my mind. I never thought to ask this question. Uh, what kind of listening do people need? And I was like, what? What the fuck? So what kind of listening do people need? Break it down. So if you think about it in the context of what you talk to people about it's being aware within yourself of what you need from that person listening Hmm. okay so it's like if i've had a long day at work and i come home and i'm like hey you got a sec i need to talk to you Mm -hmm. and i'm just venting about my day especially and i'm not trying to be like gender normative and stereotypical, but I know you but <laughs> men have a solution focused mind. I am offended. I do not approve. Most men have a solution focused mind. <laughs> so sometimes my dad included will be like uh, trying to give me a solution about my venting. So before I start my conversation, I'm like, look, this is what I need from you as a listener. I need you to just be an ear. I just need you to be an ear. I don't need you, no solution, no nothing. Just be an ear. Okay? I see now. That being said, sometimes you do want a solution. So that, hey, um, I want, like, I need to talk to you and keep in mind as you're listening that I do need solutions for this. Mm. Okay? Um, Another. So why is that so damn difficult? I feel like, all right, (laughs) I'm going to be real. What? Since we're doing the gender shit. When's the last time y'all, like, women don't say that? Nah, that's what I gotta teach. Oh. <laughs> no, we don't. All right, I just want We to... expect you to know what we need. Okay, but I just want to... Yeah, Here I to just... catch your needs. But I just wanted to let, like, the audience... So I ain't tripping. So, so no, that y'all do be... Okay, I just we, want... Right. We don't be communicating I, I our know, needs. I, I know we, we got... expect men to be my, men, mind readers. Hey, men are not like women. There are differences. I just, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't tripping. Want to make sure I wasn't tripping, because from my <coughs> experience, mm-hmm. that shit don't be happening. Yes. So sometimes we just need an ear. It's okay. Sometimes we, we need gonna learn solutions. from each other. That's what we're here for. And again, this isn't just within romantic relationships. This is within yeah, friendships, family, children, all of that. Um, I would also say uh, sometimes we need you to listen and then provide us with validation. So affirming us. So say somebody gave us a hard time, we may need some validation. You just saying good things about us or about how we handled the situation, things like that. Um, 
And the last kind of thing I would say is support. And the reason I was wary of saying that when you communicate your need and you saying, I need support, because support is a very vague word and a lot of things encompass it. So when I say support, it could be, it could be the validation. It could be providing comfort for that person. Um, what else would you think of when you would say, I need support. listening support? Yeah, I would need support. How would you listen? Damn. See, this is what I mean. Like, this, mm-hmm. is our, this is the one that challenges my uh, thinking and was outside of my perspective. Mm-hmm. Listening support. Damn. Yeah, because, I mean, and then again, this, what is was all, your example again? this all goes into awareness. Um, I said, uh, like, providing comfort. Or okay. validation is what right. I would consider support. I feel like, because I was just talking about this, and I feel like I said something else, but I forgot what it was. So That's good, though. It's something to think about. It's just a different a way of looking at mm-hmm. how you could be listening to someone. Yeah. I also think it's important to acknowledge mm. your capacity to listen. Like, mm. if you've had mm. a long day, and your best friend calls you up like, yo, I need to tell you about the day that I had. <laughs> I do not have the capacity to no. listen right now. All right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm tired. But I don't have it in me to be able to be here for you. Tired. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Good night. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Something like that. Yeah. One of those versions. Yeah. Whichever one works best. This <laughs> mm-hmm. um, was a lot more polite. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we don't have it in us. And uh-uh. we should not feel <laughs> obligated. Like, we should not feel obligated to have to listen. Like, um, even, and, and we'll talk about this with the conflict. It's like, hey, I need to talk to you about some conflict. Let me know when you're available. You know, it's like and that's not, a beautiful fucking way to handle not shit. Not expect people to be able to listen to you. Look, in motherfucker, that I need moment. to talk to you right now. That shit ain't gonna work. Yeah, like. no, <laughs> just not. Just not if you want to be listened to. Right <laughs> off the bat, like off the bat, somebody come at me like that. I'm like, oh wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have a conversation for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Um. You trying to take it somewhere? <laughs> exactly. Uh. What else was I going to say? Capacity. Yeah, a lot of people with friends and family feel more obligated to have to listen, but you don't You don't have to. And that goes into boundaries and having mm. boundaries within um, your, yourself, within your relationships with different people. Um, you got to be able to honor what you're able to give and what you're able to receive. Real talk. Mm-hmm. Burnout can be real within social spaces. Yeah, for sure. Um, in addition to identifying what your boundaries are, um, I would look into what your physical boundaries are, what your mental boundaries, what your emotional boundaries, uh, physical, spiritual, sexual, financial, time, material. So yeah, a lot. A lot of different boundaries. And boundary is when somebody steps across that line, you are now uncomfortable. You are now unsafe. You are now feeling disrespected. And you have to uh, make.
make certain adjustments, firm adjustments, mm-hmm. to rectify that. Yes. Um, but I think we're going to have to do a different episode on that. I feel like we've done boundaries, though, before. I can't remember where, but I, th- I feel like we have done boundaries in more in depth. Definitely tested. But in addition to being aware of your boundaries and communicating them, you also need to be able to um, communicate your needs and your expectations. And you can find out more about that in the relationship contract, the second part of Healthy I'm Relationship Series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. I said I wanted to talk about consent in the communication video, but we don't have that much time, and I do want to talk about conflict more, or should we just do conflict in a separate episode? I kind of want to talk about conflict. We got a lot. I know, and I was like, we're almost done. Damn, yo, we got too much content. We got too much for you people. Yeah. We were having a good time. It was a good conversation, so. I don't even know what we should do. I, I, I think it's we save it. yeah I think it's too much that's a lot yeah if you see the list well, it's a, it's I won't show it to y'all it's a lot we'll just see about. y'all next week mm-hmm. um so okay so with boundaries you first need to set your boundary so this is what my boundary is you will not be talking to me that way if you can't talk to me in a loving and kind Ooh, way you do not deserve to be talking to me okay boundary. So that's setting your boundary. Next, well, first you gotta identify what your boundary is. Then you have to set your boundary, communicate it. Mm-hmm. Then you have to enforce your boundary. So mm-hmm. like sometimes, um, I my parents argued all the time within their relationship, and I observed that. So I did that in my past relationships, and then um, as women in this society, there's a culture of being combative for no reason. So, I also have that. So, when there is conflict, sometimes I snap and I forget and I kind of lash out. So, what O will do, what do you do when I do that? Look at you like you're crazy. Like right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, I would just be like... <clears throat> This is where you're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where you need to be in order to talk to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that usually solves the problem there. Okay. She gets it. We don't do that even remotely half the time. Quarter of the time. No. All right. Maybe not. But sometimes I do. Really you just be like, either why are you yelling at me? <laughs> or... I'm try not. Again. I'm not about to sit here and try be yelled again. at. Yeah. Or yeah, try again. Yeah, like you. You just very subtly and shortly be like, "Nah, I'm not dealing with this," and I will walk away. So really it it really checks me, especially because I'm aware of it and I'm trying to change. Hello, trying to change. Be aware, because some people are not. But anyways, I'm aware of it and I'm trying to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so him saying those little things will just like immediately like, oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Pops out sometimes. It's hard to control. I'm trying. But yeah. <laughs> and then I will say to that point, um, damn, this is great for the conflict. We just going to do a communication conflict part two. That's, that's all that is. Um, cause it definitely communication and conflict definitely go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I always have. Yeah. Always. So, so it's like I can feel the combative, emotional 
non-rational thing coming up in me and I'm like nah that's not helpful right now that will not give you the resolution that you want shut that shit down (laughs) so it's literally fighting myself to just not be emotional you know but sometimes little little peace escapes and he's like nah (laughs) and I'm like I ain't gonna back and forth with you yeah so so yeah doing my best out there um and I will say that uh the red table talk when Will Smith was on it um and he was talking about Will and Jada's relationship and they were saying that like she used to curse him out and like talk to him disrespectfully and he's like what's not gonna happen is you're not gonna talk to me that way and if you're gonna if you feel like you have to talk to me that way we're not gonna be in a relationship together and she was like what are you serious like we gonna break up over uh me cursing at you yes yes. (laughs) Um, that's exactly how i feel like mm -hmm. you good you good off that you talking to me crazy Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay Mm -hmm. so in the show they were like you know you have prepared statements like i am impaired I am unable. Right, right. That was hilarious. That's really helpful. Like I am unable to talk to you in the way that you deserve. Yeah, that was the best one. I think mm-hmm. I am unable to talk to you in the way that you deserve because that shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like if I say one more goddamn thing with the way I'm feeling right now, because mm-hmm. remember when you're it ain't gonna be good. <coughs> excuse me, when you're emotional, you're very egocentric. You're always oh, yeah, yeah. thinking about you. You're not really. You're not able to empathize and understand what the other person is feeling or thinking. You you ain't there. And then you're not thinking logically either. So being able to understand your own emotions and how you respond emotionally can help you better control it. Yeah. For sure. You mm-hmm. need to understand those emotions. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll control you. Exactly. That's not a response. Mm-mm. No. Um, so, yeah. And then consent, I did want to talk about within the communication piece Mm -hmm. because consent does need to be verbal. Um, Especially now because uh, we're actually caring about consent. You know? So, and it was interesting because like during the Me Too movement in in the height of it, when it was coming out, um, I was like, you know, no means no, but when have I said yes? That's what I'm saying. What I really realized is that there's been just a lack of anybody explicitly mm-hmm. talking about this. Yeah. Shit. Like, it's like we all just said, yeah, of course. But then everybody's yeah, of course is different. Mm-hmm. So people are like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, if she's, uh, if she's wearing a short skirt she's asking for it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's not my, of course. Mm-mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-mm. So it is, there was degrees to this shit, and we all learned different shit. Mm-hmm. And what I started to realize was, even some of the shit that I learned or didn't learn mm-hmm. had an effect on the way I was treating women. Mm. So we all, and and the fact that it was even allowed was because women thought it was cool too. And see, that's another thing, especially with, you know, the Me Too movement and everything like that. It's like the same this same concept of men not learning about consent. Women didn't learn women about didn't it either. Learn. So it's like we're both like, it's so, because it's, <laughs> especially like 
happening in, in teenagers mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. You're both kind of awkward and not knowing mm-hmm. what the fuck you're doing. Exactly. So if you had two people who don't know what they're doing, yeah, I'm glad we're out of those times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't know what about consent. You're asking for some fucked up shit to happen. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? And and it's like I've sold so or many. Some just not, not even fucked up. Just like some. Not some, not the best experiences. Experiences that could have gone better and, and been done in a way that was... For instance, like, I have so many women clients mm-hmm. that I have to tell them, if you didn't go into that space thinking, yes, I want to have sex, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the night, you've had sex, like, you did not consent to that. Because you mentally did not want it. But once we get stimulated and stuff like that, it's usually like, fine. Uh, okay, it'll be over quickly. Like, we we don't want it. And it's like, that's not w- within ourselves. It's not consensual within ourselves because then after the sex, we feel some type of way with ourselves. We feel guilty. We feel ashamed. We feel like we didn't really want to do it, you know, and it's, and it's, it, we need to honor that within ourselves. Like, no, if you did not, me- if you did not want it, mind, body, and spirit before you got into that space, then you still don't want it. You just let somebody else have that influence. And it's like, we when we mm. say no, we've got to say no. And we've got to stop just, and I use it, and it's very heteronormative because I feel like queer culture is a lot more consensual um, just because it's already out of the societal structure. So it, it's just not to elevate more. Not all the time, but compared to hetero culture. Yeah, no. But um, <laughs> but compared to heterocultural at large, yeah, it, yeah, generally speaking, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more consensual. Um, but with heteroculture, it's uh, a lot of times the guy will stimulate or advance, and our yes is us not pushing him away. It's not like he asked. Right, that's true. It's like the uh, that's so true. Holy shit. Yeah. And we feel bad as guys, at least in the past. It was like, you felt bad for not making the first move, right? Mm-hmm. The first fucking move. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to do that. Like, you're supposed to make the move on, like, either touch her on her thigh or mm-hmm. touch her on whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fucking move is. Like The first move is asking for consent. <laughs> but no, I taught that. You're taught to just make the move. Like, oh, you didn't even kiss her? Or you didn't even do nothing? Or you didn't, you know... You, you you feel like you're shamed for that. Like, you didn't do anything mm-hmm. with the girl. Like, especially in high school at that time, you're like, oh, you ain't getting no pussy, though. <laughs> that used to be insane. Oh, my that God. That shit is so funny. Oh, my God. Boys. <laughs> Woo, man. The insecurity of young uh, young men, yo, is crazy. <laughs> we, we was, and I already know, like, a whole, a whole bunch of them motherfuckers was virgins. Or if they did have sex, it was having sex with people they were supposed to have sex with, like older, older women. Mm. And then they don't realize how much that's fucking them up in the long run. I know. That's another story, man. It's like oh consent on that level, too. Like, I've heard so many. A like, when I was men. in college, the men, they and I was, you know, talk about losing virginities and stuff. They were like, oh, I was 12. 11, 12. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Like,. Nah, you were not. Yeah, I I know, and it's like, but I got pussy, sweetheart. No, uh, uh. I remember talking to my in middle school, talking to dudes like they was like, oh, you ain't getting no pussy yet. I was just like, damn, I'm behind. It's not (laughs) a race. It is not a race. 
For what? What is what is the win? You will get pussy at some point in your life, so why yeah, do you need you it sooner think, rather than later? You ain't thinking that shit in middle school. You like, damn, I need to, I need to get on this shit. Well, that's also because adolescents are impulsive and very present-minded instead of future. Yep. And not thinking about consequences and shit. And they're trying to figure out who they are. It's very rough times during adolescence. My heart goes out to adolescents. Yeah, I'm so glad that part of my life is over. I, I still treat adolescents because I understand that conflicting time in your life. But kids, nah. <laughs> I have to impact them in other ways. Yeah. Um, mm, I, so I wrote down with women, sometimes because of the men making the first move, it takes too much energy and effort to enforce your no. Because sometimes hmm. women will say no. Will say, no, I don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to, I don't want to kiss. No, I don't want you to do whatever. But sometimes the men are so physically assertive that now, because he, he's already not listening to your no, your verbal no. He's already not listening to that. So now it's, I need to physically stop him. I need to physically remove myself from the situation in order to enforce the no that I've already said. And a lot of times with women, that will take more energy and effort because he's a man. He's literally stronger than you. So you literally have to get it up in your body to push him off. I see what you mean. Because you've already verbally said no, and he's not listening. So now it's, and a lot of times, and again, I've told my women clients, like, we, we have got to just be like, yes, I need to take the energy and effort to protect myself because I did not want this, you know? But a lot of times we're just like, fine, because I don't feel like doing that energy and effort that it's going to take to enforce my no. And we got to get out of that mindset because then we feel some type of way about ourselves afterwards. Like, shit is just real out here. I used to be feeling bad like that because I think almost all guys have done that shit to a woman where it's mm-hmm. like they like just like they know that they don't really want to have sex but it's like come on like just do it mm-hmm. um and you feel well at least I did I felt bad after the fact if they like really really like were like no I don't want to do it and I just was like come on please 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 and they just like alright fine mm-hmm. I felt like just like it didn't feel as good because obviously you know that they weren't enthusiastic about it, mm-hmm. right? So it's just like you're just getting, basically you're just getting a nut off. That's really it. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but usually it's with somebody you care. Well, for me, it was with somebody I cared about. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made <laughs> yeah. me. You did great. <laughs> so it kind of made me feel some type of way. But I can see how with other women if you don't care you're just like trying to you know mm-hmm. have a good time mm-hmm. but that's kind of the point it's like you don't care and that's how she feels <laughs> and and it's yeah and it's like men are taught to be persistent yeah. you know and it's like fucked up we just got backward ass values when it comes to this shit yeah. like consent the fact that it wasn't taught it was just yeah, the fact that consent was not taught in sex yeah. ed is an issue. And I don't know if it's still taught in, in sex ed to this day. Like, some 
some schools I'm hearing good things about their sex, sexual education program, but other schools, <sighs> no, nor do they have queer sex ed. So, yeah, we need to get it together. Education people is empowering. We need to teach people how to have sex. Huh. Oh my God, I'm I'm going good sex. I'm going through that with my client. Because she's interested in sex, and no matter the cautionary tales, she's she, she gonna do be like what, a normal thing. Do what people she do. should have sex. Like yeah, like mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. Like she's gonna do what she wants. I would rather her be educated about it. Exactly. So you know, but but at the same time, like I, you know, I'm researching a lot because I don't have, I didn't learn this shit officially. You Most know. Don't. So it's like the fact that the vagina gets wet. I did not learn. <laughs> not from my mama and not from school, okay? That was a experiential thing. <laughs> oh, uh, back. I think, uh, I, think, uh, <laughs> think I had that one down, actually. I did not, and it was my own damn body. But um, That's the crazy part. I feel like I can't speak for most of the I, I, actually, Women, no, we don't know our bodies. I think mm-hmm. I know women's bodies. The yeah. woman I've been with, actually, I can't. I can't speak for the woman I've been with, but a lot of women I know, I know women's bodies are a lot better than some women know their own. I'll say that because sexually, I'm actually wanting to please the woman and, and actually explore the body. So I look at it kind of like how we were talking about before when it comes to trying to find out the internal processor. Mm-hmm. Like I'm curious about trying to find out your body. I'm mm-hmm. curious about it. So I'm like, exploring oh, what the fuck? her body. <laughs> What'd that do? Ooh, ooh. So I was trying to find out all this stuff from jump. So mm-hmm. by the time I got to the seasoned age of 27, mm-hmm. I've, uh, about to be 28. It's about to be 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I know my way around. Just mm-hmm. say that. And that's how it should be, though. And, and the reason women don't know our bodies is because sexual education or anything around um, the woman's physical health and her body was taught by men. Right. Historically. And men who only cared about their pleasure. Exactly. So you're, you're looking at it from that perspective. Like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's for the woman's pleasure? Who needs mm-hmm. it? Oh, what is this? Yo, the they, forest thing. They Get ha- out of here. They had <laughs> women, like, back in the like, day, what? if women wanted to have orgasms, like, they would lock them up for being crazy. Yeah. They were like, oh, she's convulsing. Like, yeah, she's having a good time. You Just because you can't do it to her. It's you know, crazy. But, um. Uh, I, that's just my theory. Uh, my theory is that have very good and it can feed them and you know they're not like being super eaten but I'm just saying maybe <laughs> but um but yeah so just learning <laughs> about education is very empowering especially when it comes to things that actually impact you which is your body and your relationships don't have sex for asexual people and there's still a spectrum on that oh that being said um yes for everybody out here listening if your body is stimulated your body will respond meaning if you're touching my vagina chances are it will start lubricating itself mm-hmm. that does not mean that i want to have sex that just means my body is responding to the stimulation consent is important consent is empowering consent makes your relationship sexier too because mm-hmm. it's like acknowledging that you respect each other and their decisions 
and it's an actual desire, like a desire mm-hmm. to want to physically connect mm-hmm. and engage and to climb mm-hmm. and grind and grind. Ooh, God, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it really is. It's like it's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. and it's we need to all get on it, mm-hmm. and especially for this next generation, because with that, we look at it as a bad thing. I guess it's because we're going in the in-between stage where there's a generational gap of people who have learned or are learning about consent and those who had no idea what the fuck that shit was. So it's like growing pains. I get it. But on the other side of that, when there's a whole generation who just knows about consent, their relationships are going to be far better than ours. I do worry about the younger generation because of technology. but. Yeah. So, like, if it was our generation who didn't who have tech, about, who exactly. learned about all the stuff we needed to, man. we would have been all right, man, taking yeah. over shit left our, and right, and we're we still been doing in it. in good shape, honestly, because we would have those values instilled in us, and the consent would have been just the norm. Just, mm-hmm. Can you think about that, just being the norm? Mm-hmm. No, no, like, the yes, do you like me? No, do you like me? Yeah. That, 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 <laughs> that check check boxes that just extended past that to was do you want to do you want to touch do you want to do you want to do this and then mm-hmm. y'all had those actual relationships and it was genuine and y'all mm-hmm. could just be open about it no rape no none of that mm-hmm. shit that would have been wonderful mm-hmm. but no but now it's up to us yeah that's what i'm saying that's why we're talking about these things that's why mm-hmm. we want to spread our message mm-hmm. because we want to change things we want to actually influence the next generation so that and this generation anyone listening for real like you can make the change fucking now you don't have to keep doing the same stupid shit over and over again Mm -mm. break the cycles that's half of what we talked about is breaking the cycles we need to be better we have to do better Mm -hmm. but it starts with us Mm -hmm. starts with you (laughs) well that's all i gotta say i'm off my soapbox i'm off (laughs) um so, yeah, I think that's about it for communication. That's all we got for today. Yeah. I am uh, officially trimming these things. As you can see, they are long. I'm talking about my hair for those who are just listening <laughs> uh, and are not watching on the live. They're too long. They're getting out of control, so I got to trim them down. Yes, I'm trying to gain length in my locks. But anyways, um... So next week we'll do part two with conflict resolution. Pow, pow. Part two. Oh, I want to do a quick plug. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to my man Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, so I did post on IG. I think I posted on Facebook too. A video talking about how Bernie Sanders and his policies will positively impact Black people in America. Um, so check that out. And uh, start in, uh, I believe, next week or the following, depending on how much time I have uh, with the music collaboration stuff that I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm trying to put out. Um, we'll be doing videos. I'm doing voiceover videos, voiceover political videos, mm-hmm. so that people know and are informed on certain topics. So I'll be talking about health care, what you need to know about that shit and why you should vote for Bernie. I'm going from a Bernie perspective because that's the candidate that I feel like would help black America the most mm-hmm. out of anyone who is running currently mm-hmm. uh, until someone proves me otherwise. Yes, I'm talking about you, Kamala Harris. I ain't falling for that. You yeah, know, track record. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyways, uh, so I'll be putting out those voiceover videos. Uh, they'll be really short, 
one to two minutes. Some mm-hmm. of them will be pushed on IG, and I'm, but most of them will be putting on YouTube. So I want to get us into the YouTube stuff. A little we bit. need to get our YouTube following up. Yes, yes. So that will be starting either this week or the following week, or the following week. <laughs> Yeah, one it'll of be, those. It, it will it will be before uh, April, honestly. Uh, the reason why I say that is because I know my birthday is on the 22nd. And I'm trying to get uh, a whole bunch of my music out there, and I have a project out by the 22nd so that I can start selling these beats mm-hmm. and um, making some income that way because I, I truly love music. It's something I would do regardless. I wake up and I do it. I can't yeah, help it. All the time. I, I can't help it. All so I, I, I do want to <laughs> actually put my work out there externally and uh, allow my work to be seen by the world and hopefully someone will find value in it enough to pay me for such services. I think my beats are fire, so you know, I'm just saying. Check me out. And that's Oso Smart Productions, smart with two T's. Two T's, Oso Smart Productions. I will be putting a whole bunch of links on there and that some of those links will be on It's A Real. Also, our outro, if you hear the podcast. Oh, yeah. Which you'll be hearing soon, because we're about to wrap this fuck up. <laughs> uh, was produced by me. It's just a quick loop, so I hope you enjoy it. I mean, the intro was produced by you. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But, um... Anything else before we wrap up? There's something else. Oh, uh, I don't know when we'll start our political series, because uh, we're the Healthy Relationship series has a it lot a in while. it. <laughs> you know? Um, I feel like we need to get through some of the brunt work of healthy relationship series so definitely gonna have to do the conflict and then we'll meet may be able to take a break from the healthy relationship series and do some other stuff um but when we do the political series we will be talking about all of the candidates the democratic candidates ain't nobody talking about republicans yeah. but, um, the, the, the democratic uh candidates you still going for president. republicans something wrong with you yeah nah um, so we'll, we'll be talking about them in each of their own episodes. We'll talk about their track record and their policies. We'll also be talking about what, um, hot topic policies are up right now. Um, we'll also be talking about other countries in relation to where America stands, um, within other countries and things like that. Um, so we'll have a lengthy amount of episodes for the political series. Um, I'm just not sure when we're going to start, but for right now we're as, as political stuff is happening, we're doing like little short videos and stuff, but we're really enjoying the healthy relationship series. I hope you're enjoying it too. So yeah, we're continuing fun. Like I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. So make sure to share, make sure to subscribe, feel free to donate to the GoFundMe. Yes. Um, I'm too broke to be great. I'm too broke to be great. Donate. Cause it's so sad, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we just we're just trying to make a difference within our community, and that takes a little bit of startup money. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we ain't too proud to beg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. So it's so real. What's your girl Rocky? Hey, yeah, boy. Oh, you have a beautiful Sunday. Take care of you. Peace and love. We out. Thank mm-hmm. you.